Hello and welcome to The Mod Show, where we get to sit down with entrepreneurs and creative spirits from around the world. You can find me on Instagram at Ahmad Mia or at The Ahmad Show. This week, I got a chance to sit down with my dear friend Ali Shaban, a Lebanese artist living in Saudi Arabia. In this episode, Ali talks about the observations he came across as a child born into war. He also walks us through the evolution of the narratives surrounding his work and how they've come to be presented around the world across different mediums. Before we go into the episode, I'd just like to apologize in advance for the sound quality. It isn't the greatest, but unfortunately I wasn't able to improve this further as we were recording on a conference tool. I really do hope that going forward the quality will be much better, but do bear with me for this episode. I would advise that the best way to listen to these are on headphones and not on loudspeaker. So let's get straight to the show. So you have to know something. I'm, I'm a kid that is always born into war. So and, 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 and I'm born in 89. The first war that happened was in Kuwait. I adopted in Lebanon. So I had to move to Lebanon. And then mm-hmm. we moved to a house in the south. In the south, there was a lot of civil, uh, civil issues. And also because we were boarded with Israel, so there was also a lot of bombing and a lot of wars there. I grew up and then I went to university in LAU in 2016, 2006, and then war happened again when Israel and, uh, Israel and, uh, and Lebanon got into a war again. And then again in 2012, 2013, I was in Egypt. I was working in Egypt. And uh, the Morsi uh, thing happened where they had to. Yeah. Uh, the revolution. So you can tell my whole life is, is, is subjugated around sound. You know what I mean? And that's why I always say I always see sound. So it's always this un- unwritten, right? You know what I mean? There's this un- unspoken words of uh, people that have witnessed this stuff. So as a kid, I grew up very introverted. Um, um, it had nothing to do with my upbringing. My parents were really great. Um, it's just um, I was I, I thought I'm, I was always different than everyone else. It's because I never stayed in one place a lot. You know, yeah. You get me? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, so um, um, when I started wanting to do art, uh, it was in last year, last, almost the second, uh, the last second, uh, the last year of university. Where I decided I want to start doing social commentary. I wanted to project what I think of society via art. The, so taking some... Um, yeah. So, so that basically... Said, no, I, I didn't take in yet. I didn't take in yet who I am as Ali. Honestly, oh, it was okay. a social experiment. It wasn't who I am now. It was more of a social experiment. And um, back then, I didn't think of it social experiment. Back then I thought of it, I was good at something and I wanted to do it. And I did. And I and I have my way with words. It's because I, I always like writing, so I have my way with words. So let's begin saying that what Ali started was something called this call it pop art, which I don't like using that word. Yeah. Pop art. Uh, then it started like I wanted more, you know, it's, it's, it's just like anything, any vice, you always want more. And of then I liked, I liked, I started, um, back in the day, we didn't have 
so strong social media like we have today. So back then, blogs and Twitter used to talk about it, which is, was great. And a lot of people started hating it as well, which is back in the day, it used to kill me inside. Now it makes just perfect sense because yeah. I went against the time. I went against the grain, basically. Uh, so, um, I, so it comes 2012, I moved to Egypt. And Just one second, when, Ali. So were you making sense of your social environments with the words that you're, you were using? Uh, not really. I was more of a Western kid wanted to wanted to commentate on Arabs, basically. Got it. Okay, so from an outside lens, basically. Yes. And then when I went to Egypt, um, and, and then I saw the, the second revolution, something sparked in me. I don't know what it was. It's my Arabism. I think it was unlocked or that Arabi came out. Like I was yeah. such a Andy Warhol fan. I was such a, I mean, just read comics. I read comics. Even I commented about it the other day and I still do. Watchmen, the comic and the movie and the show is one of the reasons I started I started art. Watchmen, I still have created Watchmen as one of them, my favorite inspirations to start art. Because of the way they commentate, they, they, they made superheroes so regular, so normal, and so... So attainable, and, and the narratives that they speak of are so exactly. real. And, yeah. and they literally used real world, uh, world events and just moved it around. Like, you know, they used the Cold War. And, and it was so, it was so, Alan Moore is just a great writer. And, and to me, I, I was like, this is so great. When I, when I was in Egypt, this is so great. This was the transition between Ali, all artists, Ali, the contemporary artist, started mm -hmm. wanting to commentate on real issues and not just satirical, but real. And then, Part of me got real exhausted of Arabs and how we were always. I don't know. I, I love why I'm saying this is because I love 2015, 2016. Suddenly, we all became woke. You know what I mean? You, you became more? Sorry, what? I didn't, I didn't get the last when bit. We all, Arabs in general, 2015, 2016, 2017, we all suddenly became woke. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. We all suddenly, oh, guess what? We have a brain. We can use it. And I love that. Back in the day, I felt like I was like the only one that was like forward thinking. I even have an artwork called Ed Yada, Shame on Arabs. It was an old artwork. Yeah. Uh, and then the one, I, the one that got me somewhere was my Halal Haram artwork, which talks about yeah. uh, the thin line between what is vice and what's a taboo. And because vice for someone might mean taboo for someone else. And it's yeah, just it's how do we judge these, these, uh, these things? It's about you know perception, I mean? right? It's 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 about how you take like, your even, own. Exactly. It's like even I think it's like what we used to find bad back in the day is okay now, and what we used to find okay back in the day is really bad now. Completely. Like, yeah. I think it's about slavery. It was super okay back in the day. Remember, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now, when you know, there's uh, white privileges are suffering the repercussion of that. Completely. Like, as, as society kind of evolves, people start to look at their perception of religion and what's, what's morally right and what's morally wrong, whatever suits to whatever suits them. There's people that tell you music's cut off. Mom was one of them that didn't like me listening to music. I grew up in a very religious house. My mom didn't like me listening to music. So 
But that, to me, it's not haram. That's not the thing I want to focus on as haram. Completely. So, halal haram, then it went to Ayam Gallery, which was a really a great thing. It got sold in the auction, which, which put me in a social platform that I am recognized as a proper gallery artist. Then I moved for eight months from Kuwait. In 2015, I decided to leave Kuwait behind. But I felt, to me, Kuwait, I was very much in my comfort zone, so everything around me was very toxic. I was in, I was with, in, in group, social groups that just, you know, gossiping and all that. It wasn't my thing. Yeah. I, I was part of it. I'm not going to tell you no, it wasn't. But I was part of it. But, then, but that wasn't me. It's not like I cared about these things. So I moved out of Kuwait very, like, instantly. Like, I didn't even quit my job. I just packed two bags, booked a ticket, one-way ticket out of, out of Kuwait, never went back. Wow. So I moved to Lebanon, the most uncomfortable zone I was in. And the, the second I moved to Lebanon, it was the garbage issue. So imagine this out of my country tree. Oh, wow. I mean, okay. Yeah. It was very funny. In Lebanon, it broke down the ego. It broke down everything. It, it was my ego broke down. It removed that toxic idea away and brought back someone very raw, very candid. And that's when I decided, I think my boot camp was over and I moved to Saudi. So now transitioning from the social commentator, the person now that, that is very Arabic-infused, in, in, now one, now my first, 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 where I think my first idea of the artist that you're talking to right now is now I want to talk about identity and homeland. This is the first thing that I started talking about, which I think I'm very proud of my work in. In the Broken Dream, the carpets talks about identity and how you're shattered between things because you grew up something and then you, when you grow up, when you, you were raised up to something, then when you grow up, you're like, oh, but that's bad. What I used to do back as a kid, but it was good for me when I was a kid. And that's like, yeah. I was like challenging. I suppose challenging myself is because I'm, I'm saying, oh, I loved all those comics on the Lonson and I wish I read more. Uh, 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 Arabic poetry, uh, you know what I mean? I wish I read more, I wish I would read more things than just reading English, 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 English. You know what no, I mean? It's, it, I find it really fascinating, this this whole idea around identity. And as, like, just you went through, like, this phase of Lebanon and the, this ego eradication and regeneration in Lebanon and Egypt and all of these places. I really do think as we get older, like, I had this going to Canada where... A lot of the things that I thought were normal and what were okay and what shaped me were eradicated when I moved away somewhere else. Like, I really love how I think everyone throughout their lives has specific moments, whether they structured they by places or yeah, time they periods. Yeah, they reinvent themselves, and it's very important. And the people don't do that, it's just horrible for them. They're, I think their soul is very weak. They don't. Yeah comfort zone just once in a while it's going to be horrible because i really don't like we i don't i don't believe that we can continue on the way we are as children the 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 truths the the way of life the the things that we kind of grow up with we do need to keep on reiterating we need to keep on reinventing who we are to be able to just how you said about the moralities of everything but just how society kind of works you need to reinvent your own personalities and and 
how you kind of go about the world. You know, and that's what I'm saying. It's nothing wrong with my upbringing. It's my parents thought that putting me in an American English school, always being taught that that was being culture. If you quote unquote culture, culture means something from abroad. You get me? Yeah. And it was very sad. Like I told my mom, I wish I read more and more Mahmoud Darwish. I wish now I read him religiously. Back in the day, I wish I read that. Instead of like because I I I did anthropology and I I love history. I love history. You don't understand. So I did Anglophone history. I did European survey. I can I don't remember dates specifically, but I can I I can tell you the anthropological side of war, civil war, the World War One, World War Two. I I did Tudor history. I've done all. I've 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 aced all these classes. Yeah. Because I just I love history so much. But then again, it wasn't my history. Again, it wasn't my history. I was in the American University, so it's not my history. Yeah. But then there is like what you're talking about that pride, that Arab pride that's starting to build in you. Hundred percent. Everything has to have an Arabic touch to it. Now it's yes. it's, it's a cliche, and I'm like, yep, yeah, it is a cliche. I don't care. I'm gonna put it. Even with, I remember with, when I did with Nike and I wanted to put Arabic on the shoe, they had to go to to corporate and they have to they have to Nike Nike Global have to approve it. I'm like, dude, it's my fucking language. Why would I put Arabic on the shoe? <laughs> you get me? This is yeah, how it we still have that constraint. It's not like they don't exist. They still there. You know, Ali, I was having this really fascinating conversation. I was just in Pakistan and I was in Lahore two days ago and I was having this I'm conversation. Dying. Go to Lahore. I'm dying. Dude, listen, uh, my wedding, you have to come. 21st of March, we'll take you around. So I was in Lahore at this dinner and I was talking to this fashion designer called Zara Shah Jahan and we were talking about um, pride and our sense of selves in Pakistan. And what I like the point that I made was Pakistanis in general have the sense of like ash- like they're ashamed of being Pakistani, and people are ashamed of being from where they are and to be called Pakistani or of their own heritage. Now I don't know where that comes from. Is it colonialism? Is it just the way education is done? But this is such an. Go ahead, continue. I'll tell you what. what no, no, sorry. Go on, go on, go on. That was the main point. I want you to continue because I want to ask what you're saying. Go ahead. So that, that was the discussion that we were talking about. And her whole kind of thesis is that we need to go back and start to understand our heritage to be able to love ourselves again. And her whole brand is about minimalism and authenticity to the stories that we grew up with. And I absolutely adore that. The way she story tells about her brand, the way she story tells about even the way she talks and what she talks about. I think is fascinating. And I really do believe in this rhetoric that more and more people that I speak to that are Pakistani, I mean, I had that like ashamed, like this, this ashamed person inside me as well. And I had to reinvent myself and go to Lahore and go to Islamabad and, and rebuild that relationship with my own country to be able to be like, oh, wow, I actually am proud of where I'm from. And oh, that's, my that's, history. That's, that's, that's how much you do. You, are, you, are you even Mexican more than me? <laughs> but I'm really bad at most. But I'll tell you one thing, and I hate that about Arabs, is because you know how all our workers are Pakistanis or Indian kind of. It yeah. becomes because of, because of so much masses has has become. I don't want to say degrading. A job is a job, regardless. 
but they, they give them the, the, the most hardworking jobs. And I think this is where it comes from. You're like, oh my God, I do, I, I, you don't want to be related to something. But the end of the day, we're all humans. And I loved it. And, and now I started slowly accepting that. That's why I loved Saudi. Like, like, let me give you an example. Kuwait, mm-hmm. you would never have a person working in a restaurant. Kuwait, period. Period. You would never. Lebanon, everyone works everything. You know what, Saudi? is the same thing. Uber drivers are Saudi. People that work in restaurants are Saudi. You get me? Yeah, I, I completely agree, and I, it's the same kind of thing over here in the UAE as well, right? Like you know what, the other day I was riding with, with a Kareem, he turns out to be my friend's friend. And he's okay with working in Kareem, in the soup. I'm like, wow, dude, I love you. Don't drop me now, take me with, we can continue this conversation. Like, literally, I like extending conversations where I find it very appealing to me. Dude, I love this. Now we are okay, and, it's, and I, this, this is why you're saying, you went to Pakistan, you want to reinvent, like, we're not reinventing the wheel, we're just rediscovering ourselves. And this is exactly it. There's nothing in the world now to be ashamed of. Nothing. Completely agree. Nothing. There's, you cannot be. Dude, if I tell you what is going through my head right now, the other day, I was listening, my friend was listening to Aldo Shakir. Aldo Shakir is a very famous Sudanese singer. I love him. He, yeah. He's a criminal now. I see he now. I wish it's, yeah, he's, he's now that the, the government wants it and he's hiding. What? And, and I was thinking to myself, should we still listen to this guy? Should we still listen to this guy or not? Although his songs are beautiful, but is it okay to listen to that? He used to sing about love. And like, I remember listening to his songs like 10 uh, years he, ago. He, he, he became an extremist, Islamic extremist. And, they, and they, I think that he killed or his, his, his group killed a couple of the army men. Uh, okay, did not know that. Is it okay to listen to it? Like, you know how, like, internationally, they, they boycotted R. Kelly, they boycotted Michael Jackson. They have beautiful songs, but yeah. because the moral of it is you're not allowed to make this person lovable anymore. So literally, I had this conversation with my friend, and he's like, I mean, come on, shut, shut the hell up. Really? Like, not listen to Fulcher. I think, I told him, I generally think it's Trump listen to Fulcher. So, I, I get, see, see what I mean? Now, now, what's shameful to me is crime. What's shameful to me is, is racism. What's shameful, shameful, but nothing is a job. Nothing is shameful. Yeah, I mean, that, that's completely, yeah, I agree. So, now, you have this pan-Arab artist, now, and he was talking about identity. So I started this project, which is uh, was because of the Syrian refugee issue. I started the three, it was, but I never continued it because it was very, it took a heavy fall on me. So I started the, the, the psychology of displacement. To me, it was anger, um, uh, anger. Then, you know, when you're, what is the word that you, when you're okay with something, Khalas? You're content. Content. Content, then hope. Anger content, was one of which is Alan Kiki, uh, a Brazilian poet as well, said, meaning the pros of our Arabic identity is that we are strangers everywhere. We are strangers at our own homeland. This is his words. That's so beautiful. This is the first, 
So I took the, the first issue I focused on was the Lebanese Civil War and how we got this place. Second, which was content, was which was Sayamur Kulmur. This too shall pass. And it was this uh, refugee kit where and uh, and I I you have to work you have to change the picture a bit so you don't get the copyright issue. And I made a bold uh, Mickey Mouse a mini mouse balloon with a cage with a cage with the, like you know the the fences they use around the refugee camps. I put the fence around it yeah. with a neon piece. Same work This 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 artwork went to New York. I remember like if I remember correctly. So this one talked about displacement, same work And the last one, and this one focused on um, the Syrian displacement. The last one which I was going to do was the Palestinian displacement. But because someone came to me in an exhibition told me, you know, you know what, you're a very depressing artist. I was like, oh God, I don't want to follow the plastic world. I love art, and I don't want to be a depressing artist. Honestly, I don't want my work to be only for the people that, oh, and then shed tears. I don't want that. This is not, this is, this is a one message, not the entire message. So, the last one was supposed to be and from my darkest, Amun shall, shall rise, and it was to talk about the Palestinian space. But I stopped this, uh, this, uh, this series because I think it, it was just too heavy for me as a researcher. And even each, each uh, quote, I, I tattooed it on my body to continue this emotion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the, the, the narrative continues within yourself. With me all the time, but and then my first thesis started, which was Islam in the age of millennials. This was exactly what I started talking about, and I was like, "How do you, uh, how do you talk, uh, preach God when you have no time for God?" That is actually fascinating, and I would love to hear like your thoughts on that. Like, what 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 came out of this research? Then came out the the four the, the four pieces the four yeah four pieces there was the carpets with the heroes on it because mm -hmm. it talks about my upbringing it talks about the, the my upbringings and how they shattered like a broken dream with my with my newfound Arabism then came the dome with the speakers with and then, the, then the, the with Khalid, yes and then the mahram with this the mahram also with Khalid. And then came the uh, paper plate carpets. Ah, so all of this was under one narrative. Yeah, it's all about the same thing. The sound the millennials. Aha, I thought I was thinking that there's separate ex exhibitions and they separate mirrors that you would separate messages, but they are all under one one group of research. Wow, that makes me rethink the whole I, I love it. Wow, okay. So I'll, 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 I'll try to explain to you, superheroes. I, as a kid, thought I was a superhero. I, I grew up wanting to be Superman, all that. And then when you grow up, you're like, you can never be Superman. You can never be yeah. a hero because you have a tainted dark past. I'm not saying dark as in you've done something wrong. Dark as you, you have ignored your identity so much as a kid that you can't be anything right now but a human. That's why I call it the broken dream because you can, it will never happen. You are, you're always going to be, even as a human being, you always have this identity crisis between yourself. Your, your, your own personal issues will always come in the way of anything.
Meaning you know, you'll, you'll always be conflicted. And I'm dead sure everyone is conflicted about something. Like, I'll give you my personal conviction. I love Bollywood. You understand how much I love Bollywood. And I'd love to do something about India. Like, you know how much cultural appropriation that would be? And I, I, I honestly, I don't like that about some artists here. Is that we talk about issues that have nothing to do with us. So we have so much issues for ourselves. That being said, why are we in? How do let let Indians shine in their own culture? Why do we have to steal their thunder? Now here, uh, Ali, so here's many. a question. Here's a question that I do have about, about cultural appropriation and this particular topic. Now, if Bollywood does mean so much to you, and if it is a narrative that is part of your life, then does it not kind of embed itself in you in your own way as well? Very It's very difficult. How are you going to tread along millions of people and how to explain that? If they don't know you personally, how the hell do you explain that? There's, there's no possibility. I, 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 you can have fascination with the work. You can work with an Indian, which I'm now going to be working with, with someone now. Because this is how much I love that. that. But you have to give someone the credit. You just can't, oh, because Indian inspired me, Indian inspired me. I, I can appreciate that. that. I understand that, yeah. Because I, I, I don't believe I don't believe in the fact that you can you have to discount it completely, but I do believe the way you're approaching it is working with someone from there whose truth it might be stronger. But you can't discount the fact that it means something to you as well. It, it means a lot to me. You know what I you understand? I used to post videos of me singing to songs. I love her and hear sings so much. But then <laughs> someone told me, uh uh that uh, you know this is borderline not cool and i'm like okay no not gonna do it anymore and, and not, it's not like i got attacked by me one person just told me hey i think this is culture appropriation I'm like oh you know what you're right this i'm gonna stop living i enjoy music without having to sing along to it yeah like just like now me as a, i don't know like have that aside. if i'm listening to a rap song because i love rap is it okay for me to say the n-word because it's a part of the song no. It's going to be an issue. You see what I mean by conflicted? Everything yeah. is conflicted. Everything, your regular day is conflicted. So, uh, this came along, and then the domes. The dome is one of my favorite artwork because it talks it's about. It's beautiful. I, I... I'd love for to hear more about how it came to be. It's absolutely stunning. I actually got to see it in Sharjah. It's so beautiful. And the, and the, the beauty of it wasn't because it was in Sharjah. The way it was the foundation, it just being that room, its own vibe. Using the word vibe, vibe. Um, uh, so uh, it, the the whole metaphysics series, which is me and Khaled, we came along to dissect the mosque. To understand the actual functionalities of it. So one of them was the dome, which is the allocation of sound. That's what the dome was in, in, a, in a mosque fort. If no one knew. So when we said, okay, let's go back to sound. What is sound? And what is metaphysics? Metaphysics basically is the study of the ground to the body and what the body to whatever is up there. You know, the trifecta. Yeah. 
And so sound, I'm like, okay, what is sound? Oh, and here, you can hear, I can hear right now, there's a, there's an Adan happening. So I'm like, oh, the Adan. I'm like, what is Quran to a person or the sound of Quran to a person? And then I started Googling. There was a start research that said uh, uh, that they put 15 people in a group study uh, and they made them hear the Quran and they realized Quran lowers heart rate and also lowers, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, blood pressure. Like, wow. How? I read more, and it's, it talks about a person that's spiritually engaged. Quran can actually affect them that way. Now, there's something called, I don't know what we call it, it's a chakra. It's, I don't know what your chakras are all aligned. You are in a very zen mode. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You know what this is called in Islam? Khushua. We have the same thing. Oh, really? Khushua. The Khushua has its own heartbeat. And it's all about blood and blood pressure. You get me? Yeah. So we, we go on more and we find out that there's, I think, 52 nerves connected from the brain to the heart, opposing the mind. So the mind is actually your heart and not your brain. And then, what? just as this is okay, too much. There's a, and I don't remember the surah, it says, Alam yusiru kul'atu fa'ikunu lahum kuluhun ya'kuluna biha. Meaning, have they not seen the lamb, that they have hearts to reason with. So it's written in the Quran that you reason with your heart. That's why we created this dome that beats to a heartbeat, that is the khushua heartbeat. But that's the word. Now we're talking about, this is what you're seeing there is the heart. So Islam is a mu'neel khutra, meaning, the religion of reason. It's the religion of the heart. That's why we prayed it that way. Beautiful. And the mihrab came along. Mihrab is, is something I go through all the time. It's basically, you know how I said the inner conflict? So it's the conflict between what is a mihrab? When I ask people what a mihrab, people thought the mihrab was something where the mouth stands and the voice bounces back. I'm like, no voice bounces back in half a meter. Mahrab is basically the re, 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 recreation of what the Rasul used to do in Ghar Hirab, in Kiru Hirab. We used to reflect, meditate, question. It's exactly, it's, it's called Mahrab because it comes from the word of inner war. Mahrab. Inner war. So the Mahrab, why it had the infinity, the infinity lies going to, uh, to somewhere, is because Al-Hayat Kulha, Basically, the war between existence and and death, infinity and death. So uh, there's a, there's what we wrote on the top of the mihrab and yourself do you not seek. It didn't mean seek the mirror. You didn't seek the infinite possibilities of you, of your internal self. Exactly, and it's infinite. And that's why we created the infinity mirror that goes in. The goal is like a roller coaster. You, you can see it in, in Sharjah. It, the mirror, it does, not, it does not look straight. It looks like it went downwards. Yeah. So that was the word. That was where the work happened is 
this is how I was trying to like show people what is Islam. To me, Islam is religion of the heart. Islam is religion of critical thinking. That's beautiful. I, I love the way you portray this. So that's how I got to do that. And thankfully, went to the Sharjah Foundation, which is great. It was, was such an opportunity for me. I, I'm such a, it was such an onerous uh, thing to do. Like for me, or my artist portfolio to sit in Sharjah, something huge. It was honestly beautiful. It was in the Islamic. It was in the Islamic festival as well. It was honestly yes. like you go there. The space itself, it just it added to the work. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. It's all green, you know what I mean? And that's I think being peaceful. And then came the paper waves. The name itself comes from. It's very tricky. The name is very very tricky. Um. So. It's called 12 p.m. class. So in Saudi Arabia, we don't have a 12 p.m. class. That's that's the prayer break. So why did I call it the 12 p.m. class? It's because I want to talk about religious classes or, or what we do in a religious religion. Listen. So I created three paper plays. One is a perfect paper play. One it's a broken nose paper plate and one is a couple of pieces of paper. But made into carpets. So when I use carpets, I always like to when I when people ask me why is carpet your medium, this is how I represent the Arabic man. And they're like, how so? I'm like, because the Arabic man, the carpet is found in every home, where the poor, rich, every home has these fascination to these carpets. They think yeah. it's the best he said. Ironically, it's Persian. Or Turkish, but we have claimed it as it's our own identity. That's why I called it the representation of the Arabic man because we're lost in identity that we think carpets are ours. So comes the carpets. So the perfect one I call it the critical thinker because it's that carpet that floats outside the box. It's what these people do in religious class that they take this information but think outside these walls that are constrained. By, by religion. Because religion, religion is not a yes or no, or black and white. Blacks, religion can be a very beautiful gray area where you can take any shape you want. Yeah. You know, there's, and I think now people are more acceptable. The idea that meaning you have religion, I have one. Back in the day, everyone thought that they would come and tell you, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, you, you have no rights to come and tell me what to do about it. If I'm doing my own mistakes, I will do them. Let me it's, it's you and God, not you and exactly. That That's like why I love Protestants so much when I raise it. Because I, I get, I, uh, by the way, uh, Catholic and Protestant religion did so much to the art world, and I'll explain to you why. But the, this thing is, it's just between me and my God, there's no middle man. We have shiuch here. Shiuch is supposed to advise you, more of an advice kind of format. Here it's, it's don't do this, don't do that. The, 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 alhamdulillah, Saudi Arabia wrote that, there's no more place of advice here. Yeah. Uh, so, 
this was the critical thinker, is the person that, oh, and I've met so many critical thinkers in Saudi Arabia, especially in Jeddah, really appreciate religion more because people tread so lightly around it and it's so beautiful. You know, I mean, it, it can come in a conversation but in a really nice way, a really beautiful way, and not in a format that is, oh, let's go subject. And that's what made me like, that's why I love Islam, is because now Islam to me is what it was to me as a kid. Islam was a secondary, I'm a human first and a Muslim second. You get me? Yeah, completely. I'm not a Muslim and then a human. No, I'm a human first and a Muslim second, which I think is correct. I think, I think greet people with who you are and not your religion first is the most beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But even and in religion, that. like you greet people with peace. Exactly. Exactly. Who is the peace? Is the human person himself. So, secondly, was the broken, broken, broken mirror, uh, the broken mirror, right? and that is what I call the traditionalist. Traditionalist means these people that consume religion just act up on it, and that's why I said it has a broken, broken nose, is because it could not think outside the box. It tried to flow, but it will always be constrained by what society tells it to do. Interesting. Meaning, what I thought the, the traditionalist was, I, was, I thought it was the jihadists, the, the extreme extremists. These are the people that are traditionalists because they took religion and just applied it as is. Because we, in, in, in the beauty of the Quran, or I tell people the beauty of the Quran, the very first word in the very first word that was bestowed on. Prophet praise be upon him, was Iqra, meal. And yeah. it didn't mean the, the, physical, the physical format. And we know it means question, uh, rationalize, reason. Iqra means soul. And, and that's what I said. We took the metaphysical format of Iqra. Rather than thinking around what else the meanings Me. are. Exactly. And that is why that the, the prayer, the whole artwork is 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 inspired by the word Iqra. That's why the paper thing. It's what you do in class. So the tradition is a broken one. And then the crumbled piece of paper, I called it the unthinking majority. Ah. That wasted youth. That I see people that remember when we said you didn't reinvent yourself? These are the people that didn't reinvent themselves. You look like a piece, like a promise. Yeah. You have potential, and it just went away. You could have been a paper plane, but you crumbled. That's so that was the artwork. That was the artwork. This is how I, I like. But you see how I philosophically ask, uh, commentate now on, instead of being so harsh and in your face, I like people to think. I like people when they see, they didn't think the critical thinker. They didn't think, well, they just saw 12 in class and they're quite, I'm very cryptic in my messaging, very cryptic. Like, I even have one artwork, which is a Superman, Arabic Superman, in the Superman. And it talks about Arabic identity so strongly. It says, one day we shall dream from right to left. Do you know what that means? Tell me. It's the way we write Arabic. We yeah, use the Arabic like... dream. We will be united as Arabs again. It's the notion of the Arabic dream. Wow, yeah. 
So I wanted to talk about Hilma Arabi because it's such a cliche word. It will never exist. We back in 96, had a, 96 or 97, we had a song for Hilma Arabi. And it's the most annoying song I could never could ever hear. Who sings it? And they brought like an ensemble of singers. And they put war, images of war in Lebanon, war in Palestine, war in Haida. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good for us. We made a song. I grew up hating the song so much. <laughs> because it's such a, like, I had this carpet at home, and it was like social experiment to have a carpet at home with that word, written on it. And people avoid stepping on the word. So I'm like, wow, you guys avoid stepping on the word, but the notion itself, the Arab dream is lost. So that's how, uh, that's what I was, this is, was 2018. Now, 2019, I'm focusing on something else called the anonymous hours. This is my new thesis that I'm working on. It's because, you know, when you grow and start, but this, the more you mature, I don't want to say I'm trick, sounds also annoying, but the more you grow, the more things now get on your nerves because they're so politically incorrect. Or, you know, I realize I'm that kind of person now that doesn't get engaged in the, in the conversation, and I think there's something bad about me. I don't engage. Like if something gets on your nerves, you don't engage? I don't like engage you... anymore. I, I, I don't bother. Like I was, I was hearing the Aziz Ansari the other day, and I loved his comment. He said, "Everyone now tries to outwalk the other, and it's so disgusting." Yeah. He's like, and I, I, I quote him. He's like, "That's why I like racists. Racists are so brief and up to the point." But I like I realized something in Arabs now. We have latent, latent racism, which is weird. That we try to be woke and fight for rights, and we just end up sounding more racist than it is because. What is, what is racism? Thank you guys so much for listening. I know that this wasn't the best sound quality that I have ever produced. I do hope that going forward, it will be much, much better. Um, if you guys have any comments or feedback, please do send it my way. You can find me on Instagram at Ahmad Mia or at The Ahmad Show. You can find Ali at Ali Shaban. Until next time, take care.